Hello, and welcome to another episode of Cindy's Celebrity Corner. I am your host, Cindy Gross. I want to thank you again for making our show one of the most listened to shows on 620 AM, 1640 AM, and through the various podcast outlets that you download from internationally. We have a huge show tonight with a lot of entertainment, but before we get to it, we have some serious discussion. So welcome into my corner. Tonight, I come to you as a Jew, as a Zionist, as an American who is angry and frustrated. Anti-Semitism and Jew hatred is on the rise like never before. This is the first time in my lifetime that I could remember people sitting at a bagel store in Manhattan or eating at a sushi restaurant in California and getting attacked and they fear for their lives from radical Islamic terrorists who are just willing to attack them physically and threaten their lives. Worse yet, if they try to defend themselves, they are arrested and blamed. And then, of course, we have the war against Israel on social media by celebrities like Kendall Jenner and Bella Hadid and by people who think they know something and want to share it to make themselves important because they might have a little bit of a following but have never been to the land of Israel, have never studied the actual facts, and don't have a clue about the history, the religious uh, freedoms of Israel for Jews, Christians, and moderate Arabs, and the financial possibilities for Jews, Christians, and moderate Arabs, and the fact that America needs Israel as an important ally in the Middle East, a very volatile area. So while we're having this war all over the place, whether or not it's verbally, physically, and we're watching a biased media from Israel tell stories and not facts, we are really losing America. We are losing democracy and we are losing freedom. And everybody is calling me and asking me, what can we do? One thing that I am doing is speaking at a rally on Long Island this Sunday, May 23rd at 3 p.m. in Great Neck at the Grace Avenue Park. Now, I am going to tell you right now, rallies don't work because they're just watered down publicity sites for many organizations and elected officials. In fact, I am one of the few speaking out from the right. The majority of speakers are going to be Democrats. But here's what you can do. You can go to rallies and meet other people that think like you and brainstorm and call people like me and organizations that support Israel 100%. The problem with us is that we send to our elected officials and our Jewish organization leaders wishy-washy messages, and they in turn share that with the public. You cannot stand up for a Democratic elected official that just because they're not with the squad, but they're not doing anything against the squad. You cannot donate to Jewish organizations that want to have Hanukkah eating parties with everybody but Jews as a token of showing peace and inclusion 
But when it comes to standing with Israel during this dire time, they want to have everybody but Jews stand together. It's nice to be peaceful and harmony, and that's always been in the Jewish history. We are the first to help out in any crisis. Israel is the first nation to help out anywhere around the world when there's a hurricane, a tornado, any kind of destruction. And quite frankly, everybody around the world wants to do business with Israel, even its enemies, because the media won't tell you how much places like Russia, China, and other places in the Far East and Middle East want to have business dealings with the technology, the medical advances, the irrigation. The list is endless. So I am suggesting to all of you to do some homework. And if you don't know where to start, you can reach out to me through my website and through my social media. You can also join Jewish Vote GOP. You can find them online as well and some other organizations I could recommend. But don't sit back and don't say it's going to pass because that's what happened in the 1920s in Germany when Jews were nervous, but they didn't want to stand up and stand out. And you know what happened in the 1930s and the 1940s. Tell me what you think, and please keep in touch. Write me through my email, cindyscorners at gmail.com, and through my website. We have a huge show tonight, so after the commercial, we will have our first guest, Paul Michael Glazer, talking about the 50th anniversary of the movie Fiddler on the Roof. Selling a home can be expensive and stressful. Remax IQ has created a smarter home selling experience. Our successful real estate agents in New York will sell your home for as little as 2% commission and get you top dollar, stress-free, and fast. Just ask Joseph M. from Brooklyn. Remax IQ made it easy. No for sale sign. I had offers in days. I saved $10,000 in commission and I was in contract fast. If you're thinking of selling, Remax IQ has created a smarter home selling experience. Our successful real estate agents in New York will sell your home for as little as 2% commission and get you top dollar, stress-free, and fast. To learn more, call 800-800-1372. That's 800-800-1372. We're not a discount broker. We're Remax IQ. Speak with a top agent today. 800-800-1372. That's 800-800-1372. Or visit RemaxIQ.com. Terms and conditions apply. Visit www.remaxiq.com slash disclaimer. Here is your host. Welcome back to Cindy's Celebrity Corner. I am here with a very special guest. Many of you know him from Starsky and Hutch. And many of you know him from many movies or television shows he's appeared in or directed or wrote. And of course, he's coming to talk with us about the 50th anniversary of the movie Fiddler on the Roof. Paul Michael Glazer, thank you so much for joining Cindy's Celebrity Corner. Thank you. Thank you. So tell us a little bit about Filler on the Roof and the 50th anniversary, and I guess the impact that had on your life. I know you uh, later played Fiddler, uh, Tevya in Fiddler, uh, on, on various stages. So tell us about your journey with Fiddler. Well, um, it was the first film I ever did. 
And so it was my introduction to the world of acting for, cam for the camera. And uh, I was in New York at the time uh, doing a, a Broadway show and a, a soap opera at the same time. I think it was Love is a Many Splendid Thing. Yeah. And uh, Norman Jewison came to New York City to meet people. And, he, and I told my agent I was too old for the role. And uh, Norman met me and his first words were, you're too old for the role. <laughs> so uh, uh, I auditioned for him and then he screen tested me and then here I am. Uh, we shot in Yugoslavia. It was, uh, and London. So we did pre-recording in London and then we went to Yugoslavia and we came back to London to finish the filming. Uh, and it was, uh, took about five months. Well, let me tell you something. If you look at the character project today, if anybody watches it, there's so much about him that is so people could relate to today. His ideas, he was so far ahead of what he was, you know, the elders in, in the shtetls and he had an idea and a vision. He was totally ahead of his time. And a lot of that relates to a lot of what's going on today. Absolutely. Absolutely. Fiddler is a very universal story. It plays very well in all the countries. Uh, it's translated into all kinds of languages, Chinese, Japanese, uh, Russian, German, French. Uh, it's, it's truly a remarkable show. And tell us a little bit, of, of course, about Starsky and Hutch. I mean, I know younger generations are watching it now through all the various cable channels. So you have a whole new uh, group of fans. Yeah, isn't that strange? Yeah, you know, when we did it, it was a, it was, there were three networks. And, uh, and, uh, if you had a hit show, that was a pretty big thing. Uh, and then the cable came along and I can't keep track of it. <laughs> Do you still keep in touch with any of the co-stars? Oh yeah, I speak with David fairly frequently and I speak with Tonio. Antonio and uh, Bernie's no longer with us. Right. It's a shame. But uh, yeah, Dave and I speak quite frequently. Uh, do you, uh, did you see the movie when it was made into a motion picture? Yeah, I did. I did a cameo in that. That's right. I forgot. Yes. Yeah, David and I did a cameo. One of my favorite roles of yours is in Something's Gotta Give as Diane Keaton's husband. I mean, that movie, I think, so it's such a fan favorite. So many of my friends, we could watch it over and over again. It's just so much fun. Did you have a good time yeah, with that? Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, it was, uh, that was uh, a uh, fun shot, uh, shoot. It wasn't a long shoot, but it was fun. So tell us a little bit about your quote-unquote, new career as artist, uh, PM Connect, you have you call your art whimsical and fine art. You sell T-shirts, um, bags, uh, different, I mean, wall art, and you just had actually a gallery opening in Laguna. So tell us a little bit about this. It seems like you've been doing this the past few years. Well, uh, when I was getting ready to... Uh to do uh, uh, the tour of Fiddler, the play Tevia in England, Ireland, and Scotland. Um, 
at the time I had, uh, I had already published my first book, Crystallia and the Source of Life. And uh, I'd gone through three illustrators on that book. So I was wondering where I was going to find the illustrator for this other book that I wrote that uh, I put it in a drawer and I took it out and I read it and I thought, this is pretty good. <laughs> so I decided, so my daughter said you that I should illustrate it. So I said, okay, yeah, I'll think about that. Strange. And I went over and did the tour and I took a sketch pad with me and my iPad and I started sketching. When I got tired of sketching illustrations, I sketched other things. And then when I finished the tour, I had about a, a block of about 80 pieces of work that were unfinished, including the illustrations. So uh, I had discovered that uh, I finally found something I could involve myself in creatively that required nobody else and where I could be uh, comfortable six to eight hours by myself every day. That was the good news. The bad news was I had found something that I could disappear with six to eight hours every day. <laughs> but I, uh, I got into it, and uh, after I finished a, a big, big block of work, we looked at it and thought, let's, let's show this to people and see what this looks like. And, and, uh, and so we, uh, we got some very favorable reactions. And, uh, and then I started trying to get out there into the world with, with art, which is not an easy thing because the art world is, is a very, uh, can, can be a very snobby place. You know, what do they want with the ex TV star? You know, who does he think he is? Is an artist? But people have been responding very positively. And along the way, uh, I would, I always thought of my work as in large terms. So my initial printing, uh, I printed about uh, 30 pieces, and most of them were pretty big size. And I didn't realize that people don't have the wall space to hang a large piece. And uh, plus that I was probably charging too much for it. <laughs> so... Um, uh, but I, I had been having a conversation. I discovered that my piece, some of the pieces really translated into well into large size. So I started a conversation with uh, Chicago, city of Chicago. I, I went and I took pictures of some buildings in the city of Chicago, and I photoshopped my art onto them. Big, big, big blowups, and it worked quite well. And I thought that's interesting. Okay, I like that. So we started looking for things to do and then the COVID thing hit and uh, money wasn't that available and so we were wondering how it would apply to other things so there was because my work can go from serious but it's mostly it's mostly whimsical and there is a uh, if you want to call it a commercial bet or it's something that's that's uh well, you say whimsical. You have like a theme of striped tomato. How did that come about? Well, you know, I called I call the Torino the striped tomato. Uh, when I was uh, when they started the show, um, 
The producer showed us the striped tomato, this car, the Torino, the red with a white stripe. And I, right. he said, what do you think? And I said, it looks like a striped tomato. I said, well, it's your car. So uh, I always called it that. And uh, and so when I started doing my drawing and painting, I thought, yeah, it might be fun to do a striped tomato for uh, for the fans. And so uh, uh, that's how I, that happened. And, uh, and then you have Be Gentle, which is another theme you have. And you... Well, yeah, I, every year I do a Christmas card. Uh, I like to uh, design my own Christmas card and send them out, hopefully with something, some kind of, a, say something that's meaningful or <clears throat> has some resonance. And this year, I, uh, my son had been talking to me about ecology and it'd be nice to do something ecological and I and I thought about it I thought wait a second what what can I do about the planet and then I thought well someone the planet is being held in in your your hand you know and then I thought what could you possibly say be gentle well where can our audience uh purchase and find you uh, to purchase the products and to learn more about the work you're doing. Uh, the artwork is on uh, uh, pmglazerart.com. P-M-G-L-A-S-E-R-A-R-T.com. And the merchandising is on a site called pmglazerconnect. And I know... And I know they could get it and follow it through Instagram. And uh, they're very reasonably priced. And just one thing I would be remiss. Of course, we know uh, the loss you had in your family. And we know you're still involved with the foundation. If you uh, want to talk a little bit about it. Um, it, seems to be that because of COVID and time, AIDS is not talked about as much, but it's still a, a disease and um if there's anything you want to discuss about it or the foundation please share uh well elizabeth was the primary moving force about the foundation uh when she passed i became chairman of the board for about six years and at the time uh, the issue was uh what is the relevancy of hiv research the research that we had done had made some significant inroads into understanding the virus and, and relating to the virus. And people were starting to become rather uh, uh, taking it for granted. And uh, what I knew about the virus in terms of from talking to our researchers, we funded research for like seven years of uh, cycles. And what I learned was that the, the, the not only uh, could the uh, virus uh, mutate, which as with COVID, we've seen it happens again and again, uh, but that, that this was a disease of the immune system. And, uh, you know, and I'd asked the scientists, well, is there a lot about other diseases that can be learned from HIV? They said, absolutely. I said, is it published? They said, not that much. 
And I began to think of research as being a holistic research where you were trying to learn about HIV from other diseases and learn about other diseases from HIV. And so uh, that became, for me, the most relevant point to make in terms of raising funds for research. As we, we all know, economies, when economies suffer, research money dries up. And so uh, that was my bent. Uh, that was my, my direction. I was trying to maintain the research. Uh, unfortunately, human nature being what it is, uh, it became much easier when uh, to, to raise money or to uh, function as a foundation when the government approached. First, first uh, we were approached by Bill Gates' company. Uh, and offered money to uh, distribute the information and the drug, Navirapine, which uh, interferes with the uh, transmission of the disease in the third trimester. And uh, uh, like 95% efficacy. And there, and I didn't want to do that. I figured any number of uh, organizations in, uh, in the United Nations could do that. If we did it, we'd do a great job and we'd probably get more attention to do more of it, which is exactly what happened. We ended up doing it. We ended up getting government contracts and all of a sudden the impetus for doing research was no longer there. Uh, It's one of the points I'm very keen about because what disease is going to teach you more about the immune system than HIV? You're right. Especially what we went through this year. (laughs) Yeah. So it seems really logical that you would invest in it. Right. uh, And that you'd work for that. And the foundation had such a wonderful reputation of being, you know, the grassroots organization, the little man's organization, and an advocate. Our mission statement was teaching, training, and advocacy. Well, if you are starting to get going with things, we would love to at Cindy Celebrity Corner help you out with this. This is so important. It affects so many of us. Uh, Indirectly, directly, like you said, research with the immune system is so key. Paul Michael Glazer, thank you so much for joining Cindy Celebrity Corner. We really appreciate your, your work You've, uh, you're never far from our home because we've loved you for years. All the work you've done, all the work you will continue to do. Please come back anytime and join us. Thank you, Cindy. Thank you very much. You take care of yourself. Take care. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Are you looking to update your home? Are you looking for new art? If you're like me, you took advantage of being home during covid and remodeling and updating the looks on the walls in your home. I am telling you, don't look further. Go to Katya Levanovich's website and find many examples of her award-winning designs that are featured in many of today's homes. Are you looking to update your branding and your business? Double G Designs works remotely with all businesses to create logos for stationery, business cards, social media posts, banners and posters, and all your needs for brand development. 
Gina Gelato has years of experience offering affordable logos to manufacturers, brand ambassadors, and party planners. She can be reached through her Instagram account and through her website, www.ginagelato.com. That is www.ginagelato.com. I use her for my business, and I can tell you I have gotten many compliments on my logo branding. That's Gina Gelato, double G, designs.com. And now your host. Welcome back to Cindy Celebrity Corner. I am your host, Cindy Gross. And joining us now is, well, the last name is very familiar for decades for women's shoes, Donald J. Pliner, but we have an extra special treat. We have his wife, Lisa, who has just started her own podcast. I think he's doing a little bit of work in it, though, and he's going to tell us a little bit about that. And uh, it's one of the hottest podcasts going right now. It's called Over 40, Loving Every Minute of It. Welcome to Cindy's Celebrity Corner. Hi, well, thank, thank you, you for having us. So fun. Welcome to our corner <laughs> <laughs> or our couch anyway. LA wow. time. <laughs> so. Well, in our corner, we lo- I think I'm very excited to say we- you are the first couple joining us. So this is great because I have a lot of men who listen and a lot of women who listen. And uh, you could probably give us a couple of tips that you're sharing on the podcast, especially during COVID, about starting a new business and loving it. Right. Well, I mean, I Donald and I are attached to the hip. And I love that he comes with me to the studio when I do interview um, my special guest, as I think I've what traveled everywhere with you as well in the business. So over 40, loving every minute of it is, okay, you and I are past our 40s and past the 55 age, but we still love who we are. We love everything, but we love our life, our experiences. But I realized why I called it over 40 was all those women in their 40s, you never heard women talk about their 40s, how great their, it was. I mean, I can't say my 40s were the best, but it was so it was all those things that you were afraid to talk about, your changes or what's going to happen, what's going on. But now all these women, go women, power, empowerment, um, that in the 50s, look how fabulous they are. Look at what they're all doing but they had to get there. So it's all the experiences that really what they did in their forties that now they're not ashamed to talk about. So whether a little pick me ups here or yes, you know, I did this kind of diet or, um, you know, I worked with this makeup artist. So I really wanted to take experts in the trade being myself always in front of a camera that, and I started at a very hard time at COVID was that no one was going anywhere. No one was doing it. Everyone was getting wearing masks everywhere and our skin was going bad or, you know, what to do. And so, you know, I have a very well-known makeup artist with Armani. And we talked about different kind of foundations. And, you know, but I really based it on an everyday lifestyle. And so if you can't buy Armani, yes, Armani is expensive. You know what? Best everyday and I wear it to this day during the day is L'Oreal. 
you know, so to color us, like how to take care of your hair when you're and, not and going you know out. About the place he told us. But he told no, I don't you. want to say that. Don't. Okay, don't. fair don't. enough to say that. Sometimes he says the wrong words at the wrong times. You just don't. Okay, continue. But okay. that's what that's what makes it a perfect relationship. You guys could just sit and laugh it off right on, right on air. <laughs> that's what we're doing. But um, yeah. So I just I so I took very interesting uh, men and women and um, whether they had a they're all success stories or whether someone. Um, I had, and I do tons of research. So if I really going to find something about you, you wait and see, I will really find something about you. As I had a friend that I grew up with in Miami, our kids grew up together. We moved out to LA at the same time, but she's always wanted to be a race car driver at 55. Who becomes a race car driver at 55? But what I learned about her was that she grew up in the Beirut war. And how trying to run for her lives and the sounds were the sounds of the engines and stuff like, and how she, she overfared that to become really who she was. So, you know, I find, I try to find people that have to teach beauty within. It's not what you're the out, what you look on the outside. It's just to bring out and make you feel as beautiful you are. So, so I, you, you talk about that, but. Um, obviously, through the years in the shoe business, you help people look beautiful from head to toe, especially the toe part. And Lisa, I found out that you are a very accomplished artist and that you make uh, teddy bears and other animals that have been actually uh, sold in galleries and everything. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, what happened was I, my real fixation was at the time was... Um, let me get it. Where are you talking? Okay, go get it. I'm, I'm going to go get a couple of things. <laughs> I'll go get something. So anyway, we'll just run. And, and it, so basically, um, you know, I did. A, it took me a year to do this first one collection. And it was just really out of a fluke. And I actually did it for um, that piece. Um, for that piece. Uh, for Donald as a birthday gift. And then from there, we were going to create a shoe design um, with a skull. And so when I did this one piece, I'm about to show you, and I added pieces that were part of I Love You or or um, Star from my daughter's name or my dog always had a pink ponytail or something. And so what I would do was, I mean, these would take me about a month. And so basically, you can see how big they are. So I would basically took what I called the, the um, collection Incognito 18. 18 meaning life in Hebrew. Right. So, and incognito, meaning that you don't know. Oh, here. There we go. <laughs> okay. That you don't know really the souls. So, unfortunately, through some of my, a year of building up the entire collection, um, but we never created the shoe that was going to go with this because our, at the time we were closing, um, the shoes and stuff like that. I mean, here again, here's a little version. And so as you can see, I mean, I use pieces, I hand beat everything or I use pieces from um, actual shoe designs that we no longer were using to really um, make them very special. And um, Donald will get me some teddy bears. Usually my teddy bears, 
I post them online, which you can actually see under Lisa Faith Kleiner Incognito 18. And um, that usually the customer calls me and says, oh, I want this, I want this. So That's just to great. get an idea, you know, and it just, it just picked up because I thought holidays, not too many people are going to buy skulls, but they might buy little teddy bears. So I just started this whole thing. So I do show them on my show, but it's usually... The piece, I do it and then it leaps. And now I'm working on something brand new. Um, dogs, everybody's, we, we adopted so many dogs. So this is in the works. So oh, wow. That's so, adorable. Yeah. So I'm still having fun with it. But basically, you know, I have to paper mache them. They're styrofoam. And um, they're, so I have to fill paper mache them. I fill them up with cement. I need to give them body. And then I repaper mache and then I just do my thing. So, oh, if you have cats, let me know because everybody on my I show knows. Oh, every, everybody, cats. they had this thing right now with cats. Right. So let me ask you, uh, you've had a wide range of great guests. You've had Suzanne Summers. You had Kayvon Hall. I think you had uh, someone with your last name on it, too. I did. So he tell, interviewed tell, me. It was fun. Tell, Tell us, uh, <laughs> tell us like your most memorable interview so far. Um, I met, you know what? I did a really special, special interview. I, I aired it yesterday. Um, it was a Mother's Day special. And it was so memorable because I learned who I became, who I was from my mother. My mother was a fashion designer, you know. Would we it, know her? Huh? Would we know her name? Well, back in the day, um, well, uh, Judith Rosenberg. But my main name is Barbernell. So then he married, she married Barbernell. <laughs> but she studied in New York. And then, but her really claim to fame is when she moved to Miami, is when she did a entire thing. And her whole thing was, um, I mean, the designs that she, she was so fabulous. She couldn't, she, you know, she just, my dad was like, you got two kids. What are you going to do that or this, you know? And I mean, she gave it up, but growing up, I was lucky enough to be in that world of fashion and watch it. And my dad was also a diplomat at the time for um, the U S for Haiti. So she would make all these gowns and things. And I really, so I think, that's really where I learned it. But most children don't want to be what they want to do as their parents. So I took the other end and studied art. And I was able to go to school in um, Paris and, um, you know, come back. Oh, I'm an artist. But, you know, but so I also would say, I think Susan Summers, who has not um, aired yet, she, you know, it was really funny because they gave me all these questions and stuff to like, you know, to answer on this and that. And it was like, we never even got that far because we had so much in common. It was so personal and it was so beautiful that um, we just really talked about life and we talked about both of us being dyslexic, you know, or, you know, raising children and- um, Both of you having their husbands with you 24 seven. Exactly. I mean, I could just see that. I, I know, right? But um, I, I have to say, you know, I mean, I'm lucky to say having my husband with me 24-7, we all have our faults, ladies. <laughs> Got to tell you, and I'm sure you men are all having faults with us. 
McDonald's, making too much noise. <laughs> but um, I would say, you know, we're best friends. Oh, there's your little kitty. Yeah. I'll make it a cat. <laughs> okay. I'll, I'll do a little cat for you. But anyway, <laughs> so, you know, I, I'm lucky to have a partner in life that we love being with each other. We like each other. You That's know, such but, a great lesson. That in and of itself is a podcast. Right. Because exactly. so many people we see, uh, like, re- for me, I'm with my husband 24-7 with COVID also, so I could relate because of the way our careers have shifted. But it, it's so inspiring. And I love the fact you say it's over 40. I also love the fact that you – your energy, both of you are really like in their twenties and you really, it comes through so well. I mean, where can our audience find you to uh, buy your, your teddy bears and to hear the podcast? Okay. Well on the podcast, um, I usually do it live on Tuesdays or um, that's, it would be under, um, usually I post them on um, LFPMIA or that's my Instagram. And then under the IGT, TV area and then you can also if you go under very 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 new york very very new york very new york very new york um under my publicist of scott french who we love he has a whole um if you just push that go to very network you can see them all there and they are also under um lisa pliner under youtube so they're out there but it's verbal and visual so it's Spotify and it's, it's all the other, um, uh, ver- uh audio, um, right. Okay, like where, like where there the downloads through all the media outlets podcast right, I right. iTunes Spotify Podbean st- we're on all of that exactly get, you know what people are gonna listen to you and listen to me and then at two hours of us and uh, then exactly can- we'll just be. They don't need That's any more entertainment. Like for first time meeting, we already got a connection. That's but like right. I, said, I mean, I think I loved, and the other most memorable I would say was when, you know, Donald interviewed me and my daughter at the time was on the show. So it was nice to have them both ask me questions about really who I am. And as again, in the one that I just did from my, with my mother, it was like, I mean, how I grew up. I mean, you know, I was a shy little kid. You would never expect that now. Um, I always had a clothes fanatic tantrum because I just loved clothes. So I was like, Mr. Piner, you can't go in my closet and, and yell at me, but it's all organized. Otherwise, so you're going to come <laughs> back next time and tell us all about organizing a closet and living with a shoe designer. Exactly. Uh, so Lisa and Donald, th- Donald J. Thank Thank you you. so much for joining Cindy's Celebrity Corner, and I look forward to my cat and having you back. Welcome back to Cindy's Celebrity Corner. I'm Cindy Gross. We're going to talk about part two of my welcome. When I told you we're going to discuss what you can do if you're angry enough and if you want to take the hate going on seriously, and you're not going to like what I'm going to say, but you got to hear it in three minutes or less. First thing, I want you to stop giving money to Jewish organizations, especially those that really have a wishy-washy message of loving everybody except putting Jews first. 
Yes, we all use our UJAs and our JCRCs and JCCs for recreational activities, for when we need community help when there's a crisis. But they also emphasize peace and love and harmony with every group. Not that that's not important, but what is important is that they neglect the Jewish issues. It's not having a rally supporting Israel and bringing everybody that says they love Israel. It's actually leading the voice to call for acts of law legislation to punish those who do not stand with Israel. And worse than not stand with Israel, they actually call out hatred for Israel, boycotting products. The next thing you're going to do, Boston is now the first city in the United States that's looking to support BDS and boycott Israeli businesses. And if it's happening in Boston, it's going to happen in your neighborhood, especially if you live in blue states and where your local, state, and national elected officials are Democrats. You are to look into who is your elected official. Are they taking money from a teacher's union? Are they, of course, endorsing with progressives? If they are, then they're not for you. It's good. It's, you know, how should I say this? The moderates, or what we call moderates, the Kathleen Rices, the Jewish Josh Gottheim is from New Jersey, the Tom Swazis, Grace Mangs, the truth of the matter is, if you really looked at them, what have they done except for say they stand with Israel? What have they done? Have they asked to call out the squad? Punish them? Have they called out Randy Weingarten and the teachers' unions? Think about it. And the next thing I'm going to tell you are, you hear about PACs and super PACs. Look into what they are and what they're doing. APAC, NORPAC. I just got an email. NORPAC wants to have a Zoom meeting with Gregory Meeks. The same Gregory Meeks who now wrote a letter asking to postpone arms sales to Israel in light of what's going on in the Middle East. That's right. He wants to uh, say that Israel has a right to protect themselves, wants to make money in a deal, but then postpone it because he's under pressure from the progressive left. And it's on every level, Manhattan DA, city council, county executives and legislators. It's going on all over. So those are the things you should be doing. Now, I'm speaking Sunday at a rally on June 23rd in Great Neck at the Grace Avenue Plaza at 3.30. I just wanted to tell you that... I think that rallies, although people are doing them, I think it's great support, they really do nothing unless you, the individual, does the follow-up work. So that's my three minutes of how to get involved, and I can give you plenty more. Please feel free to contact me at cindyscorners at gmail.com if you want to know how you can actually get involved and start the fight in your neighborhood to end Jewish hatred. We'll be back in a minute. How many times have you asked yourself, where can I find the perfect white wine or a perfect rosé? Look no further 
than the Royal Wines Corporation, international distributors of kosher wines, and you don't have to be Jewish to enjoy them. Royal Wines is a distributor of the worldwide bestseller Bartonova Moscato. And with nine generations of winemaking under their belt, the Herzog family presents Lineage, a line of high-quality wines grown under the sunshine of California. From Paso Robles to Clarksburg to the Lake County, the Herzog Lineage wines carry the uncompromising standards that are the pride of the Herzog family. From semi-dry rosé to crisp Sauvignon Blanc, from delicate Pinot Noir to the elegant Cabernet Sauvignon, Herzog Lineage wines are the benchmark of quality kosher California wine. On the Royal Wines website, there is a wine in every price range. You can find out more on the wines by going to their website, www.royalwines.com. That's www.royalwines.com. And now your host. Here we go. Welcome back to Cindy's Celebrity Corner. I am your host, Cindy Gross. And joining our family is Naomi Joseph. She is going to be a contributor and discuss so many different topics that so many of you have requested. She really is a, a expert in so many areas that uh, we're very fortunate that she decided to join our team. She is the author of the upcoming book, Binge and Sprint. She is a very successful uh, business entrepreneur, and she's also an educator. So welcome, Naomi, to Cindy's Celebrity Corner. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so honored to be on, and I'm so excited to be a contributor. I'm just over the moon. Thank you. Well, you're going to be here regularly, and you're going to get to know our audience, and they're going to get to know you. Tell them a little bit about Naomi Joseph. Okay, well, thank you so much. So I have been happily married for many, many years. I have twins that are 19 and a 17-year-old. My life is very full, and I love to say that my life is full instead of that my life is busy because... I just love everything that I do. I have been a speech and language pathologist for 25 years, and my specialty is feeding and swallowing disorders, which is pretty ironic because I just wrote a book about my 40-year journey through binge eating disorder and recovery. So tell us a little bit about the upcoming book. So many people have uh, wrote to me and called me and asked me, can you get somebody to come on like a health, healthy lifestyle, for lack of a, a better term? I don't want to say diet, nutrition, because you're so much more than that. And you're not really a dietitian or a nutritionist, but life experience and working with children with this disability has enabled you to uh, help so many people. And to get a book written is incredible. A publisher asked you to write the book is amazing. So tell us a little bit about your journey. Well, I just think, first of all, that it's so appropriate for right now. I just feel that 
especially from uh, the pandemic. And even before that, people are just at war with their refrigerators. And even just listening to people, uh, once they find out that I've written this book, they'll come to me and they'll start talking about how they were good on their diet or they were bad today. And just the language of this diet mentality that we are in, and I was there, I was there for 40 years, for like four decades. So I think now coming out of it, it's really just so much more about really being cognizant of the, po the foods that you put into your body and just eating in a way that will work naturally with your body so that you could eat whatever you want, but eating the foods that are going to help you get where you want to go in life. I'm a very goal-oriented person, so I'm all about the end game. Where is this food going to bring me in 40 years from now? How is that going to affect me? And what do I want to be able to give to myself? And I think that's a difficulty for a lot of people, it definitely was for me, about uh, not feeling deserving not feeling. I think that's a very big point. Uh, I know I feel that way, and I hear from a lot of other people. It's like we look at food as rewards, where you take it to a whole different level and reward yourself by eating the right food, and you change it around in a positive. Anybody who's listening can hear how positive you are, and we're going to get those vibes each and every time. And... Um, Tell us a little bit about when you say eat the right foods. What do you consider the right foods to eat for that longevity and goal? So I think a lot of people are really confused about that. So I'm so happy that you asked me that, Cindy, because that is just hitting the nail on the head. Um, a lot of people say, well, I eat clean or I eat natural foods. Well, snake venom is natural, arsenic is natural. I think it's gone. So thank you for sharing that with me. But you're right. And and you have such humor the way you say this. I know everybody's going to love having you here all the time. <laughs> so I think uh, what works best for your body is really just foods that grow from the ground and also eating it in proportion. If you want to eat um, an animal protein, just eat that sort of in proportion to having your vegetables as your mainstay. You know, if you want to have oatmeal, have make take the few extra minutes and make the real steel-cut oats. It's really just about foods that are going to work with your body, knowing how your body digests it, and having the, the fruits and the vegetables as the mainstay. Um, and also keeping away from the foods that are more difficult to digest, and everybody's body is different. There's really no one fits all. I don't agree with dairy. A lot of people really like dairy, and it just agrees with them. Um, my body's not fabulous with beans. A lot of people are fabulous with beans. So it's, and also everybody has a different chemical makeup. Everybody has different um, um, diseases that seem to run in their family. So. Everybody is different. Um, for me personally, what works is 
mostly a vegan lifestyle. I definitely eat some chicken. I definitely eat some fish, especially on weekends. Um, and it's all a matter of what works for you. I don't believe in a one size fits all, but I do believe that the more natural your foods are and how they work naturally within your body, then your body is going to fix itself. It's a matter of having allowing your body to fix itself instead of trying to control it with with diets and, and low calorie foods because your body's gonna do what it does best naturally if you give it the fuel that it needs so we have to ask you because you do have uh many hats and one of your hats is being um a full full-time mother and you are a very highly respected award-winning home entrepreneur. Tell us a little bit about that because that's got to keep you on your toes and probably that affects your your binging, per se, at least maybe in the past until you controlled it. So tell us a little bit about it. So I uh, am top level with a network marketing company. I love network marketing. It really, and and I'm going to tell you honestly, if not for the self-growth that I was forced to do in network marketing, because when you, and anybody who has a business, you'll only grow as, your business will only grow as much as you grow yourself. You can't, you can't outgrow yourself, so you have to work on yourself. And it was because of that introspection that a home-based business forced me to do that set me on the journey to, um, to grow my self-esteem, and then that in turn led to overcoming binge eating, and that in turn led to writing my book. So really, I owe so much to this profession, to the network marketing profession. And I did start my business um, from a place of fear, and I was just gunning, and it was just another platform to prove myself. And now, through this whole evolution, and recovery from binge eating and growing myself, I, I really run it from a place of love. So it's a whole different ballgame now. And anybody who knows you knows that you are a workaholic, but you don't complain about it. There are other people that, you know, they always have the expression, if someone can do something well in one thing, they could do it in everything. And you are the perfect example of that. And how do you get it all done? How do you get done? I mean... Having three teenagers in your house during COVID and you have, you know, two in college right now and their, their schedules have adjusted. How do you focus in on dealing with all that? Again, it's just the mindset of being full instead of being busy. What a gift that we get to do this as women and how far we've come and how we can really pursue all of the passions that we want to. And people, a lot of people say, well, I really don't want to start a business now because I'm busy, so I can't do it 100%. And whatever I do, I like to do it 100%. I'm going to say, Cindy, honestly, like if I was a speech therapist 100%, network marketing 100%, an author 100%, a mother 100%, like I would be dead. There's not enough, like, there's not enough hours. We do everything that we want to and we do it the best that we can. And usually that's more than enough. You're so right because you really excel in 
everything. And I heard you talk about, and we're going to have you come back. And next time this is going to be the topic we discuss, you are a woman who brings up women and you believe in women empowerment. And it's a big part of each job you have and each responsibility you have. And you do it with a smile and a compliment and you you are willing to get down and dirty yourself with it. And I don't think a lot of women really feel that way. Or, uh, like you said, they lack confidence, which is why you are the perfect new contributor to Cindy's Celebrity Corner. Where can our listeners find you? So my website is bingeandsprint.com, bingeandsprint.com. And you can find my book for pre-sale now on Amazon and Kobo and Apple. Fantastic. And any social media that we could find you on? Of course. You could find me on Instagram at Binge and Sprint. One last question before you leave. What is your goal of coming on as a contributor? I told everybody my goal from what I'm listening to, but what is your goal? So, again, my goal is 1,000% women empowerment specifically to assist people in helping themselves find their worth because that held me back so much my whole life and really to allow people, not only women, everybody to know that they are a child of God, the heir of a king. So get really, really comfortable with that. And the other thing is that I really do want to speak a lot about binge eating and a lot about the underlying root of self-worth because that's really the key to life. It's the key to life, Cindy. It's the key to life. And a lot of people don't get down and dirty. A lot of people... Well, there's not a lot of books about this, memoirs. There's a lot of instruction books from professionals, but there's not a lot of memoirs because people are shamed. They are shamed and they don't want to say it, but if we can all just really speak about it openly instead of people feeling like a freak in nature, they could say, oh, yeah, she feels that way too. Guess I'm not alone. So I think that's one of my main goals. And and that's really why your book is going to be so different and we're so lucky to have you and to uh, be able to get a lot of previews of the book because we know that uh, the preview sales are doing really well. So, Naomi Joseph, thank you so much for joining Cindy's Celebrity Corner. Thank you so much for having me. So excited for all that's to come. Welcome back to Cindy's Celebrity Corner. I am your host, Cindy Gross. And just like that, the hour flew by. I promised you great guest great conversation, and lots of information to think about. I hope you enjoyed the show. Please let me know what you think. You can reach out to me through my website, Cindy's Corners, and email me through there. Or you can reach me and follow me on Facebook and Instagram. Never miss an episode. Download it on iHeartRadio, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcast, Podbean, Jewish Podcast, and you can also listen to us through the Talkline Radio Networks. Thank you for joining Cindy Celebrity Corner, where all our angles and points meet and where you don't have to be Jewish to enjoy the Celebrity Corner.
Thank you and have a good night.